Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. All right, let me bring in one of my favorite uh, guys when we get to this time of year. He's always busy, so we appreciate him carving out some time for us. He's ESPN's Matt Miller, who's kind enough to join us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. You can follow him on Twitter or X at NFL Draft Scout. You can find his work across ESPN.com. He'll be on Sports Center and NFL Live at 4 p.m. Eastern from the Combine Wednesday through Friday. Matt, we appreciate the time. How are you? Doing well. You know my schedule better than I do. I mean, listen. <laughs> I'm glad you told me. It's it's easy when they write it down and give it to me. I'll give it to you after, and that way we're all <laughs> on the you. same page. So we were just going through all the trade machinations like any loser franchise fan of a team in the top ten like we have to in Atlanta. But here's where I want to start with you. Let's say the Falcons can't swing a deal. Nobody in the top three wants to trade. So you're going to sit at eight, and you're going to like it. What's the best of the available quarterbacks how high would the Falcons be taking one of these quarterbacks off the board if they're not even close on a on a build, on a big board of a top thirty or top fifty? Yeah, great question. Uh, so let's assume Kayla Williams goes one. Yep. Let's assume Jaden Daniels or Drake May goes two, and uh, then the other one goes three. And and we have you know we can see what happens there. I think there's a possibility that the New England might trade out at three. But um, as for if the board falls that way, no trade up scenarios. J.J. McCarthy is the next best quarterback. To me, he could be a really good NFL quarterback, but probably more in that middle tier. Like, in five years, could he be a top 10 NFL quarterback? Yeah. I, I think the, the football IQ is there. The, the arm strength is there. The mobility is there. Um, he's going to have to get better, obviously. But the talent is certainly there. He's my number 18 overall player. Uh, if you And I do account for positional value. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't have Brock Bowers as my number one player, right? Brock's really, really talented. He's a tight end, so he's, he's ranked a little bit lower for me. Same with offensive guards or same with, with safeties and linebackers. So 18 overall, accounting for positional value. Um, but my player comp for him, these come out tomorrow. I'll give you guys a sneak peek. Do you remember Jake Plummer, Jake the Snake oh, yeah. Plummer? Yeah. That's who McCarthy reminds me of. You know, mm. and I, the dude just wins ball games, And I, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to read this. I, I wrote it at one point this year. I did. I had a scout who I trust on quarterbacks very, very well tell me, you know, the only difference between J.J. McCarthy and Joe Burrow is that Joe Burrow got to throw the ball a lot in college. So hmm. there are people who love J.J. McCarthy. Um, this week is going to be huge. I want to see him throw in person. You know, I want to see him get out there and rip it outside of this Michigan scheme. So uh, I like J.J. I think he could be a good NFL quarterback. It's not as exciting as Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels, but sometimes, you know, sometimes steady is really, really good. 
Give me the environment. The Falcons trading eight to one. That's just ludicrous. It's a waste of time to talk about that. What about trading from a, uh, yeah. a maybe eighth in the second round to 31 or 32? What will be the environment at the end of the first round? Do you believe what will be the quarterback pool in the final three, four picks of the first round for a team to maybe trade into? I don't know if there will be one. No, really bad answer. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Let's just like, I mean, we got to live in the world right now where quarterbacks are so heavily valued. Um, so we, we know those three are going early. You know, let's say you don't take JJ at eight, the, the Bronco, the Vikings at 11, Broncos, 12 Raiders, 13 Saints, 14. One of those teams probably takes a quarterback. I continue to hear that the Seattle Seahawks are at least really kicking around the idea of taking a quarterback to groom behind Geno Smith. So that might be your Bo Nix landing spot. The Steelers at 20, one of the best run organizations in sports. You can't tell me with a straight face they're going to run it back with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. I just don't believe that for a second. So, I think the Steelers are a team that's in the mix at 20. I, I mean, if Baker Mayfield's not back in Tampa, they're in the mix at 26. So, you know, that idea of like, oh, let's get back in, you know, with the, the Chiefs or the Niners. I love the the idea of doing that. Love it. It's just I don't know that one of the five guys that really have a round one grader there there maybe there's a, maybe Atlanta is one of the teams that loves Michael Penix. You know, you're playing in a dome, you're playing in some warm weather situations. I think that fits his play style really well, where he's such a great deep ball passer, but you know, he's not mobile at all. Mm-hmm. And he has four seasons at Indiana. They each ended with a season ending injury two times. He's had an ACL tear in his right knee. So I love Michael Penix as a passer. I worry about Michael Penix as an NFL quarterback to where, especially if you're trading back up into round one to take him. Matt Miller's with us. Uh, you can follow him on uh, Twitter at NFL Draft Scout. Again, you'll see him on ESPN coming up on NFL Live and Sports Center uh, at 4 p.m. from the Combine Wednesday through Friday. He's with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Uh, one more question about the quarterbacks, and then we'll bounce around. Do you have, and this might be just flavors for teams, <clears throat> but do you have a preference, or do you hear people have a preference between Knicks and Penix, two older guys? Both have some different things. Penix, the injury stuff, Bo's bounced around a little bit like have you heard yeah if the league has a preference for one or the other uh yeah he's Bo Nix uh, I don't want to say you know I don't want to put like a blanket statement out there like 32 teams like Bo Nix better because I don't think that's fair um Michael Penix is like I said a tremendous passer Bo Nix you've got cleaner injury history and that's a big that's just a big part of it I don't think he's as good of a pure passer but he's got cleaner medicals and he's got a much more mobile skill set to his game. You know, I think people forget some of the ad lib type stuff that Bo Nix had to do when he was at Auburn because that offense was like backyard football. You get to Oregon and everything kind of comes together a lot better for him. You know, they actually have some downfield passing targets. They have some things, you know, that he's able to do schematically that, that I think really, really helped his game. Um, and we saw that, you know, kind of take off to the next level because of that. So I, I would say – you know, Knicks did not have the best senior bowl week. This is a big week for him. He's got to prove himself a little bit. But the guy started for five years in college. And one thing that's fascinating with the NFL right now is teams want experience. You know, and it's why a guy like J.J. McCarthy, who started 28 games in college and only lost one of them, is such a hot name right now. Bo Nix started 61 games in college. You're not going to throw anything at this dude that he didn't see in the SEC and the Pac-12 over the last five years. So that readiness is huge with college offenses being, you know, so gimmicky and so, like, everything's RPO and throw out the line of scrimmage. That's not the NFL. So what can you do to make your job easier as an evaluator? 
go to the guy who you got five years and 61 starts to tape on to figure out who he is as a prospect. All right, I don't live in a world where the best pass rusher in the draft is there at eight, and I, I would like him to be potentially for the Falcons. I think that's Dallas Turner because I think he plays kind of mean and a little on the edge of beyond mean. Um, and I'm, I'm digging. I'm into that. He, Jared Burse, big giant Latu from UCLA, whoever the number one pass rusher is, I think I am looking at a draft where he might be available at eight. Yeah, no, absolutely. There, you could have your pick of the litter among defensive players at eight, very potentially. And I'm with you. Dallas Turner is the best of this group. I don't know why there hasn't been more of a love fest for him. I'm going to try to personally change this because I see someone who is going to be a perennial 10-sack player if he's allowed to play in space, like Josh Allen with the Jaguars. That, to me, that's who he is. He's that dude, like, just give him a little bit of a step away from the tackle, and he's going to make plays. I mean, you know, go back week one last year. He had four pressures and a tackle for loss. He had two and a half sacks against you, uh, Southern Florida. He's a high IQ, like pressure package quarterback who has great hustle. You know, he's got he's well coached coming out of Alabama because that's what they do. But the athleticism is also there as well. So, you know, sometimes does he come in a little hot and miss some tackles in the backfield? He does. So did Will Anderson, and he turned out just fine last year for the Houston Texans. So. I think, you know, if you can get Dallas Turner eight, that's amazing value. I would say his teammate, Tyrion Arnold, he's he's also right in the mix. One of those two should be the first defender off the board. He could be there at eight, and he is the exact kind of guy. If you want to stud opposite A.J. Terrell, who's also a stud, and just, you know, form a defensive backfield that everyone's afraid of, Tyrion Arnold at eight is a pretty dang good value, too. Matt Miller's with us. Again, ESPN is where you can see him this week <laughs> from the Combine Wednesday through Friday. Uh, let me ask you about some of the Georgia players. We watched Brock from day one, so we know how good he is. But I also questioned and almost did it with a maniacal laugh at the Falcons taking Kyle Pitts as high as they did because of the positional value. Does Kyle in any way affect where Brock might go? In other words, maybe he doesn't go inside the top ten because people see the positional value still being an issue? I think so. And not not to compare their like the production because they're very different players. Yep. I think it's more so if you draft a player in the top ten, you expect them to be a difference maker, you know, like you expect him to be a blue chip core building block. And Kyle has not been that. And you could say quarterback and coaching are, are part of the reason for that. And I would agree with you, but you know, tight ends drafted in the first round, there's not a, a long history of success. And, and I know every player is different, but Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Sam Laporta, those dudes were not drafted in the first round. And if you're, if you're, you know, if you're starting a team from scratch and you could take a tight end, I, I would imagine those guys and then TJ Hawkinson are probably the five that we're talking about taking first. So I, I, I do think that, that that does hurt. It's also the fact that, you know, Kyle was um, such a, an athletic specimen. You know, we hadn't really seen anyone like him from a height, length, speed standpoint. And it was like, this is just an offensive difference maker. Brock Bowers, for all the greatness that is his game, is probably going to be like 6'2", 230. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not built like – you know, Travis Kelsey, who's 6'5". He's not built like Sam Laporta. He's not built like Mark Andrews. Certainly not built like Kyle Pitts. So, you know, he's, you know, maybe a little bit closer to George Kittle, but even Kittle's six foot four, 240 pounds. So I think with Brock, we're looking at a case of amazing, great college football player who the NFL is going to be a little lower on because he doesn't play a, a premier position and he doesn't have you know, he doesn't have elite measurables. He's not going to run a 4-4. He's not going to be 6-5, 250. And that is ultimately going to affect where he's drafted. 
What do you think or what are you hearing about Ladd McConkey? given that this is a very deep wide receiver draft on paper? Is he a guy that's mid-second round? Can he creep up higher? What's the word on Ladd? He could go higher. I think we could see if we see that run on wide receivers early, I think there's a world where he slips into the late first round, especially if, you know, what if the 49ers who have salary cap problems trade Brandon Ayuk, who is, you know, needs a, a new deal, then someone like Ladd McConkey could get in there. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs have a need for more of a speed receiver opposite Rasheed Rice, but you know, what if they just fall in love with the route running ability of a Ladd McConkey? I, I think there's a world where he's drafted ahead of someone like Keon Coleman from Florida State, or he's drafted ahead of Troy Franklin from Oregon, just because you know exactly what you're getting. Maybe he's a number two, number three receiver his entire career, but he's going to be a heavily productive number two or number three receiver, even you know, comparing him to other slot guys like Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy was 170 pounds, and he's had drop issues throughout college. So Xavier's going to be faster. He's going to be more explosive. But I would argue Ladd's a much better football player. He's a much better wide receiver. And so I think those are the conversations teams are going to have when you look at, you know, some of the, the success that the teams are having with wide receivers. It's like, just take the dependable guy as opposed to let's swing for the 4-2 player. You know, a lot of times those don't work out as well as the guy who was super productive every Saturday for two or three years. Yeah, Worthy will melt your face mask. Um, that's about what it is, though, with him. He runs fast yep. in a straight line. Um, I was, it's funny you brought up the receivers. Uh, how much of a consolation prize is Jalen if you don't get Rome? Uh, I, a good one. Uh, I think a, a really good. Because the Falcons, prize. by the way, have one uh, one receiver under contract right now, so they're right. going to invest something. Yeah, you have to, right? I mean, I, I've, every mock draft I've done that goes deeper than the first round, I'm like, okay, well, might want to look at getting a, a wide receiver in here for Atlanta because it is it is certainly a need. So McMillan's a good player. I mean, you talked about speed. You know, he that is his game. You know, he's a projects as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. He can run right past you, um, and is. You know, I think this year we saw, especially late in the season, just how important he was, you know, for them. And he can be that vertical stretch player that can, you know, get behind the safeties, that can stretch the field, open things up. And if you if you already have the size of a Drake London and yep. you have the size of, of Kyle Pitts, McMillan is a really good player that I think fits that perfectly. Could, could I ask you, Xavier Leggett, South Carolina? Yeah, I'm, man, I was, I'm, frankly, I was disappointed at the Senior Bowl. It was not what I was hoping for. It wasn't what I expected. He just didn't move as well as I, I really thought he would. So I, I think he's probably late round two, early round three player right now. You know, we all wanted him to be, you know, like the Debo Samuel yards after catch guy. He came in shorter than I thought. He's 6'1", 223. He was listed at 6'3". So that, that bothered me. And then I think you look at, you know, the speed game. It's just, it wasn't there at the Senior Bowl. I'm really hoping we get a chance to see at the Combine that, that he's, you know, maybe he shook off whatever that was and runs a lot better in Indy. Matt Miller, to me, is one of the shortlist guys who does this stuff well. You guys should be digging into all of his content from now until the draft. You can follow him at NFL Draft Scout. You'll see him across ESPN.com. And as I told you, Sports Center NFL Live, 4 p.m. Eastern from the Combine this week, Wednesday through Friday. Matt, we know you're busy. Thanks for making some time for us. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank Talk you. Talk to you soon. There's Matt Miller. We're chucking churn off on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker Line. See, it's a Mock Monday, the alliteration. Mock Monday, Matt Miller. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. 
First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.